I'm Jill Bloom, publisher of Roofing Contractor, Walls and Ceilings and Building and Closure. Thank you for joining us for our legal insight with Trent Cotney, CEO of Cotney Attorneys and Consultants. Trent is so extremely passionate about helping the contractor and protecting the contractor. So Trent, thank you very much for your time today. Hey, Jill, it's always a pleasure to be here. I'm looking forward to our conversation. Well, there's always a lot to ask, which was what we were just talking about. And I'm here today with Chris Gray, the managing editor of Roofing Contractor, and Rick D'Amato, our editorial director. And each time before, Trent, I log in to our call, I always like to take a peek and see if there's anything that you've just posted. And today, it looks like less than an hour ago, uh, you, you put a post up on LinkedIn that Governor DeSantis just signed the COVID-19 Liability Protection Act into law, which sounds like great news. So can you give us the insight? It is, absolutely. This is something that we've been advocating for for a long time. Um, it just took a while to get through session and, and then get to the governor's desk. So the fact that we've got the, the COVID-19 Legal Liability Shield now means that it's going to be incredibly difficult for uh, plaintiff's lawyers to sue for the unintentional exposure of COVID-19. And this is, this is great here for the state of Florida because tourism is such a big part of our, our industry here, uh, not to mention construction. So um, I, I know my friends at FRSA are very excited about it. And uh, you know, I, I think that this is gonna be a great thing uh, here for, the, for this state. Uh, I'm optimistic that hopefully we'll, we'll get something on the federal level at some point, but we'll see. All right. Awesome. Well, uh, thank you for that, Trent. And uh, now um, along those lines, um, actually, um, as always, there's a lot of uh, legislation in the works, uh, like increasing the uh, PPP deadline. Uh, what is some of the legislation that you've been tracking that contractors should know about? Yeah, Chris, this is, uh, look, look, you guys got to understand, this is a crazy time in the world of construction. And the reason is, is because there's so much out there, right? Um, just to give you an idea of some of the big things that are going to potentially affect our industry, uh, the Biden administration has a $4 trillion, that's with a T, trillion dollar infrastructure uh, bill that he is proposing. Okay, he wants to get that out there and he, it's his idea. I guarantee it's going to be diced up and sliced up once it gets to the House and then to the Senate. But there's definitely going to be a very large infrastructure package that's going to come through. Um, you can expect that there's going to be a lot of renewable and sustainable energy type things in there, uh, some vertical construction components. So that's something to look for. In addition to that, um, you know, the immigration bills, we've already seen a couple that have gone through, um, at least through the house, uh, from a, uh, a, uh, DACA standpoint, there was one that had already passed for the dreamers in the house. And then. There was also one for uh, expanding H2B for uh, farmers. So uh, I can tell you that immigration reform is going to be one of the biggest things we're going to see out of the Biden administration. It's a mess, and we'll probably talk more about it through this conversation, but uh, that's something I anticipate. And last thing I want to mention is just something to get on contractors' radar. Uh, I don't think it's going to gain a lot of traction, but that's the Protecting America's Workers Act. Uh, and what that does, among other things, is it creates a civil uh, cause of action for employees against employers for OSHA violations. Okay, now to break that down, what that means, it says that uh, if I am an employee and there's an unsafe condition, 
um, I can bring a civil suit against my employer for that unsafe condition. Now, again, don't think it will gain a lot of traction, but there's been some discussion about renewing it. It's something that concerns me, so I just wanted to bring it out there. But, you know, Chris, one of the things that, that we're going to see over the next few months is just endless legislation that's going to affect our industry. So we'll definitely keep you informed and let you know what happens. Great. Thank you. Yeah. And it's uh, certainly a lot going on and uh, we appreciate uh, your insight on all of it. And uh, as part of that, you mentioned OSHA and uh, in your state of the industry analysis that you provided earlier this year, uh, you mentioned that OSHA is actually stepping up its investigations and, and inspections. Uh, not only that, but I believe the penalties are scheduled to increase annually as well. So uh, what can uh, contractors do to prepare for all this? Yeah, so it's interesting, Chris. You know, we had I had an interesting interesting discussion last week with Senator Roger Marshall, who is a senator, a Republican senator out of Kansas, and he sits on the Help Committee, which oversees OSHA. Now, OSHA is an executive agency, so it falls on that side. But this Help Committee helps oversight, right? So we had some very frank discussions about where we see OSHA going, and I think one of the things that you can anticipate is that there's going to be more regulation. There will be an emergency temporary standard for COVID-19 that will come out here shortly. Um, you know, whether or not that's needed at this point, don't know, we already have CDC guidelines and other things in place. Uh, you will see heat injury and illness standards come out. You're going to see a variety of new things that will hit us probably at the, the end of this year, beginning of next year. And the reason that is, Chris, is because it takes time for Biden to get his key people in place and then for them to get their top-down message to the rank and file. That takes time. We've seen it every single administration. It doesn't happen like that. But here is what I would do to get, to get prepared, okay? The easy kill for any OSHA investigator is asking employees if they've been trained. Have you been trained on COVID-19? Have you been trained on heat injury and illness? Okay, if they say, uh, no, then that's an easy citation, right? So the first thing that I really recommend is engage in regular toolbox talks on the current issues, okay? It's very easy to obtain these. You can obtain them from associations, you can obtain them online. You get these COVID-19 type toolbox talks or heat injury or whatever it might be. You do a toolbox talk, you have everybody sign off on it. And then hopefully these employees remember if they're asked where you trained on it, they'll say yes. So that's an easy thing that everybody listening to this program can do right now to give you some added protection. Excellent. Yeah, definitely good information and uh, yeah, easy to implement as well. Uh, and then uh, while we're on the subject of OSHA and the Department of Labor, uh, they issued a final rule um, on independent contractor classification that was uh, supposed to go into effect in May, but was firmly withdrawn. I believe it was March 11th. Uh, so what, what, basically, what happens now with the whole independent contractor status? So uh, that is going to be one of the biggest issues that contractors need to watch over the next few months, okay? And um, there is going to be a push by the Biden administration to make the analysis more difficult on contractors as far as whether or not somebody is truly a sub, okay? There will be a shift away from what's known as the economic realities test, which is what is used now. The Trump administration, what you're referring to, is they scaled that back from from seven, so seven, yeah, seven to two with three other factors, made it a lot easier. Biden administration took that away. And what I think will happen is that there's going to be a move, and we'll talk about it maybe in, in the, the context of the PRO Act, 
there's going to be a move to this ABC test with California, which is very restrictive, and it's going to be very difficult for contractors to be able to show that subs are truly independent. Okay, it's a very high threshold. So um, I, I would anticipate that that is what's going to happen. And as that happens, you can expect increased wage and hour audits, uh, increased rulemaking, and all of that as we move through the rest of 2021. All right, great. And uh, with that, I'll uh, throw it over to you, Rick. Thanks, Chris. Appreciate it. And Trent, good morning. Good afternoon, I should say. Welcome. It's good to see you. As always, thanks for being here. Uh, just wanted to, to ask your, since we're talking uh, things Washington, uh, what were your impressions of Roofing Day in D.C. last week? And uh, what are some of the, the things we advocated for that you feel like might actually uh, have legs? I thought it was great. You know, I've always I've attended everyone, you know, um, it, I, I having the virtual was interesting because we got an opportunity. A lot more people got to participate that might not have participated uh, if they had to go up. So I think that was good. You get a different group of people. Um, I had the opportunity to talk to our, our local uh, representative and we had uh, meetings with the uh, staff for our senators. Um, I think it went well, and I think it was well-received. I know the topics that we talked about, obviously immigration is, is one of the biggest topics, right? It's something that's paramount for construction. Uh, but I think where we will gain traction in particular is going to be in CTE, uh, workforce training. Um, side note, uh, Governor DeSantis just pushed a $75 million bill for workforce training here in Florida, uh, which is, is going to be great. I'd love to see that money trickle down to local, uh, not just state. So. Uh, the other thing I think is is infrastructure. There will be a vertical component, meaning that roofs will be involved. Okay, this is going to be a big opportunity for us, and uh, I keep I keep hitting that home. This is not about politics anymore. Okay, this is about how do I take advantage of the game that's before me. Okay, that is where I think we will gain the most traction. It is going to happen. We are going to have money that's going to flow into schools, hospitals other state, local, federal projects, all of which have roofs, and all of, uh, all of which gives us an opportunity to integrate solar, uh, cool roofs, green roofs, you know, other high-performance roof systems. I am excited about this, Rick. I, I really think that this is going to be a great opportunity for us to uh, elevate the game as far as what we're doing in the renewable and sustainable energy space. That's interesting that you mentioned the, uh, the vegetated roofs as being part of that component, component of that. Uh, I spoke with uh, last week at the uh, roofing day, I spoke with uh, Democratic Congresswoman uh, Bordeaux from the 7th District, Carolyn Bordeaux, 7th District in Georgia. And she lit up when I started talking about vegetated roofs and how the roofing industry can be part of the solution to um you know, greenhouse gases, and I was just absolutely lit, lit up. And I think for, uh, I know it's not political, but for the for the folks that, that are on that side of the aisle and on that side of the page, they're going to make a big push for that. And I think they're, 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 they're seeing this as the opportunity time for them to do that. Uh, so interesting, very interesting indeed. Absolutely. We casually mentioned the PRO Act. Uh, what's, what's the latest with the PRO Act? So the PRO Act is a, is a contentious act, right? It doesn't matter what side of the fence you are on. It is a pro-union act. Um, and what it does is uh, it um, uh, cre creates an easier path for unionization, okay? Um, the, 
right now, as it stands, it has passed the House, which is not a surprise. Okay, it has gone on to the Senate. Right now, there are 45 co-sponsors, but really, they need 50 to get it to the floor. And more than likely, there will be a significant filibuster that may prevent it from going. You don't know. Right now, it's sort of up in the air, right? But you can expect that there is going to be a significant amount of conversation about it. There's some interesting things on it. You know, it's it is. This is not necessarily something that, um, that there are things in there that concern me, like I've talked about last time from a contractor standpoint. But there's other things that are that are interesting that, that we could potentially work with. Um, my concern is, is, is I think this is probably going to be an all or nothing. I don't I don't really see a lot of scaling back. And um, right now, as it stands, we are are in the danger zone as far as needing they need five more to really get it where it's got to go um there is that thread with filibuster but we'll see where you know it's still wait and see i guess is what i would say yeah with, with so much going on up there right now do you think either party's going to want to die in that ditch this may just go away uh, it could it could but you know it's it's we've got um you know a a democrat in in the presidency we've got a house that's controlled by the democrats and we've got a 50 50 split so if they wanted to make a statement, um, you know, to support unions, this could be the statement, you know, uh, they have to pick and choose their political battles. There's a lot of things. Like I said, we've got immigration, we've got infrastructure, we have more stimulus that I don't, you know, regardless of whether you think it's a good thing or a bad thing, it's going to come. Um, they have to choose where they want to fight their fights. Uh, I don't know if this will be one. It might be. Uh, there has been a lot written about it a lot of concern. It's got a lot of people uh, talking about it. So uh, definitely one that we as an industry need to watch. It will absolutely affect every single one of us. All right, Trent. Well, I appreciate it. And again, appreciate you being here. And Chris, I'm going to toss it back to you. All right. Thanks, Rick. Appreciate all the great questions and insight on uh, both of those subjects. And uh, to kind of hop back to something you were uh, talking about earlier, Trent, uh, Earth Day is uh, coming up. So we're all thinking about uh, going green and all that. And you've uh, written about ideas like uh, growing switchgrass on green roofs as a way of uh, creating a source of biofuel and um, other initiatives like that. Um, are there any other maybe ideas or practices that you're excited about or maybe yeah. see some potential in? So I can share, I can't share them all with you because we're, we're working on some stuff. I can't, not ready to talk about it yet, but I can share one thing that, that uh, I, th I think is interesting. So John Kenny, my partner in crime that works here with me, uh, he sits on every major ASTM voting committee for roofing and waterproofing. He recently got elected to uh, industrial hemp and other things along those lines as a voting member. And the reason is, it's not because we're gonna start our own marijuana line, which isn't necessarily a bad idea, but uh, that we really see an opportunity to use hemp within construction. Okay, it is a renewable resource. We believe it will qualify for a lot of these tax credits that are coming. Uh, we could see a potential usage uh, in you know, uh, walls and exterior framework and lightweight uh, decking material. Uh, but here's something that's really interesting. Okay, I've talked about roofs as profit centers as something that I really believe is the future of roofing. You know, what if there is that possibility where you could potentially grow hemp or something like that up on a roof system that is a cash crop, okay, and use it for a variety of different purposes, not just construction or whatever, you know, 
that's something that, that we're looking into now is how do you repurpose a roof system to not only take into account renewable and sustainable energy, but make money off of it. Look at it this way, Chris, you know, we, we think in 2D in this world right now, everything is dirt, dirt is land. It's not the case. We've got tens of thousands of acres of roofs that aren't doing anything right now. Okay. And that's how I look at it. There, that is opportunity. It may not look at it. You may, the listeners may be going, Trent's lost his mind, which is probably the case, but trust me when I say, I think there's opportunity there. It's something I'm very excited about and stay tuned for more. Oh, that's uh, really exciting. And we're definitely, uh, yeah, interested in hearing what, uh, what's coming up and uh, yeah, certainly uh, some interesting ideas there. And uh, just to switch uh, gears slightly uh, to a bit more immediate future, uh, we all know storm season is uh, quickly approaching. Uh, most recently, we had some storms in Alabama that were pretty intense. Uh, what are uh, some of the main issues you see potentially affecting uh, contractors this season? Biggest issue, Chris, is product availability. I had a conversation yesterday with a manufacturer, high-level high person within a well-known manufacturer, and we talked every couple of weeks, uh, you know, I, I like to talk to people in the industry, just knowing what's going on. And the conversation was, was, uh, it's not just me, it's every manufacturer, you're going to have a tough time getting materials, you're, you're going to have a tough time getting the stuff that you need, okay, especially asphalt shingles, uh, you know, the cost of plywood's gone through the roof, there is going to be material uh, shortages. So my advice to contractors in storm-laden areas, Florida, Texas, Alabama, Mississippi, you name it, Louisiana, uh, and other places is make sure you stock up, you know, stock up on the key components, uh, contact your supplier. You know, now is a great time to have a great relationship with a supplier. Um, that's the key thing uh, because the problem is, is that when storm season hits, you can't find anything, right? You can't find labor, you can't find material, and you're losing your opportunity to capitalize on that moment. So uh, plan now, okay, plan now, because by the time July rolls around here in Florida, we're already in hurricane season. You know, we're, we're going to get, it, it's going to happen. We're going to get a major one. We know it's going to happen. And uh, my, my advice is buy those materials now, storm somewhere. You'll be happy you did. All right. Yeah. Sound advice for sure. And uh, now I know we talked about a lot here. We touched on a lot of things, uh, but I just wanted to make sure. Uh, was there anything else maybe we didn't touch upon that's been on your mind lately? Yeah. So uh, I want to give some some self-help to our listeners out there. And this is something that that came up uh, yesterday and it's come up consistently. But I think it's a good point that needs to be made. And if I haven't made it, I'm going to make it again. So um, when contractors are working down it, uh, downstream, let's say they've got a subcontractor or a vendor. Oftentimes what they do is they get a certificate of insurance, a COI, right? And that COI talks about what their insurance amounts are. And it goes through and it says, yes, I've got insurance. Here it is. Well, don't rely on that certificate of insurance because they can be easily faked. I just got another one yesterday and it happens all the time. Your subs will not necessarily give you what their current insurance is. You wanna get a copy of the policy. And the reason why you want that is you can see what kind of coverage you're actually getting. You know, God forbid, God forbid you've got a sub that's doing labor and causes a major catastrophe. If you don't have the uh, proper coverage on that, you know, then you could potentially be on the hook for it. So you wanna make sure that, that you are getting the copy of the policy, checking the exclusions, checking the expiration date, 
don't just rely on that piece of paper that says certificate of insurance and think that you're good. All right, great. Thank you, Chad. I really appreciate all the insight. And uh, Jill, I'm going to throw it back to you. Thank you so much, Chris. So Trent, I always get excited when you start talking about things like the infrastructure you mentioned earlier, and you say, this is a big opportunity and everybody pay attention. Mm -hmm. So that being said, if I'm a contractor and I hear you say that, what can I do today that can set me up for success when this infrastructure bill finally comes through? And I, I see the opportunity with schools and, and some of those larger buildings that are coming up. So that is a great question, Jill. And here is, uh, I'm going to, this is good stuff. Okay. So you guys listen, this is, this is what you need to do. Okay. Step one is you need to meet with your marketing and sales team and you need to be able to figure out what the easiest transition is for you if you are not currently in the renewable or sustainable energy space. So classic example is if you're doing roofing, do you do solar? If you don't, you should consider it. Okay. You, second thing you need to do is if the answer is yes, you want to do solar, you need to figure out what are the local and state requirements for you to do solar. Okay, you may need a special license. You may need to hire an electrician. There are all different kinds of things that you might need to do. Then you need to get with your sales team to start preparing for this. Okay, we've already seen Teslas in the market. We've seen these other, you know, integrated solar shingles that are coming out. So uh, definitely think that that's an opportunity. If it's not solar, you know, look at green roofs, look at cool roofs, look at anywhere there is an opportunity where you think that that might be triggered by a tax credit. Because where the money is going to come, it's gonna come in two ways. It's gonna come from your ability to pitch your customer and say, look, I can give you this roof system and you'll save $50,000 as a result of this tax credit. Okay, that's, that's way one. Way two is, is that there's going to be a variety of projects that are gonna come out that are going to require a certain amount of renewable or sustainable energy. You know, whether that's, that's pinned on lead rating or something else, don't know yet, but what I would do, the first thing that I would do is I would look at your business plan and figure out what do you have in your repertoire that could possibly be renewable or sustainable. I would get with your marketing and sales and figure out how do you pitch it, and I would start getting ready. There is opportunity out there, and especially from the roofing standpoint, because it is an easy cross-sell. That's the key thing is if I'm looking for upgrades and opportunities to cross-sell, what a better way to tie in some environmental or renewable energy type initiative. It sells, you know, that's, that's the key thing is that it will help sell that project. So those are just a few things that, that I would recommend that uh, contractors start thinking about now. Well, that's exciting. And I know we're going to be talking a lot more about that as uh, time goes on and some more, we get some more details on the infrastructure plan. But again, Trent, thank you so much for your time. We really appreciate it. I know all the contractors out there appreciate it as well. And if anybody needs to touch base with Trent, make sure you uh, you read about him. There's so many incredible awards that you've been winning lately, Trent, as well. Uh, it's cottonycl.com. And while you're, if you have any questions for us as well, make sure you go to roofingcontractor.com or wconline.com. While you're there, make sure you sign up for our free e-magazine our e-newsletters and all register for our website so you can always be receiving all the great content every time we do a video and trend will be up there as well and please stay safe and healthy we look forward to seeing you next time